Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. I'm Ivanka Magic. And my name is Michael Forrest. How was your week, Ivanka? Uh, I have I've hosted a party for three-year-olds. That was some kind of exhausting. How many three-year-olds? <laughs> there weren't that many, but there were maybe, I don't know, 15? But then they all have to come with parents. Mm. So you've got the parents and the three-year-olds. Uh, Shit. And I, uh, so, but we did it. We did it. I think we did it. I think people were smiling and laughing. Um, Nick worked out how to do face painting, uh, but which basically, because they're three-year-olds, they're not really very picky. <laughs> so he was just doing circles of colour and whiskers. Orange for tigers, white for cats. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Food-wise, food jelly. Je- mother, yeah, mother made stripy jelly. Okay. In a time-honoured tradition. Uh, Auntie Lydia made a cake that was shaped like a flamingo, thus being pink, flamingo? but not a unicorn or a fairy or anything else pinkish. Um, that, that wasn't the reason. We went to the zoo. You, you will might remember that we went to the zoo recently, and mingos were very popular. So we had a flamingo cake, and uh, Mother also made stripy sandwiches to go with the stripy jelly. Right. Um, how's that? They went down a treat with. But how, what, the... how's it? How are they stripy? Like yeah. laterally, like along the bread line? Or well, like... she cut them quite little, and then it'd be white bread and brown bread, and then maybe tomato and cucumber. So she had Italian ones, and then she had, you know, whatever. Just, just so they were different, stripy, basically. Mm, sounds fun. Um, so little rectangles of sandwich, and then uh, we are. I did actually pay for an entertainer. And my God, did that woman earn her money. <laughs> she's, a, she's the dance teacher from nursery. And my small child thinks she's the most amazingest thing in the whole world. So we paid for her to come to do the party, uh, but then decided not to buy her any presents to go with it. It's all a bit overwhelming when you're three, I think. Being the centre of attention, so many presents. I've been rationing them because she was just, becoming insufferable (laughs) (laughs) i want more no they're all going upstairs (laughs) have some more later there were just too many what she she can't possibly play so i'm I'm letting them out one or two at a time (laughs) i'm a horrible mother no Um, i I think it's uh good to get this present impulse under control and then um so we did that that was big and then it's been my last week at Brighton Hove Council. Contracting. Mm, big one. They did a very nice thing for my leaving present. They brought there's a crowdfunder going on in Brighton at the moment for Brighton Hove Food Partnership. They are raising money for a community kitchen, so to help people learn how to cook and stuff like that. And because I keep banging on about it, <laughs> tweeting about it, they bought me a a cookery lesson that's part of the crowdfunder thing. So that's a nice present. Cookery. Cookery. Excellent. With one of the like Brighton's fancy chefs. Is it someone you already know through the restaurant? I don't know which Brighton one they bought me. But oh, okay. Uh, so they'll be like you again. Oh, not you. <laughs> not you again. <laughs> or maybe it'll be like, you. right, let's do it. Let's make it extra special. We'll get that ranking. <laughs> and then, so yeah, that was big. But you know how you finish a big project or a big contract yeah. well maybe this doesn't happen to you but what happens to me is that I then get quite overwhelmingly tired for a bit because mm. I sort of have to you know I don't know move on <laughs> yeah you sort of save it up and then but you get sick for a bit you go, and you oh. you know you kind of get tired for a bit yeah. like, and then you're ready but yes that that's basically been my week so mm. been a good week I'd say what are your plans for you know well, I was supposed to be coming up to London to visit you today. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's been snowing. Mm. And all the trains... I just don't want to engage with the train situation on a day like today. Yeah, it's probably not worth it, is it? No. Everything's built for... the Yeah, the, the British attitude. It'll probably be... It probably won't rain. <laughs> probably won't get too cold. So we'll just, you know... Not make it so that it can get cold. So, you know, 
To be fair, it's very rarely this cold. In That's, I, I just believe you've got to, you should be constructing these things for the actual extremes rather than just like, oh, I probably won't get that cold. And that's, that's a true. shit attitude. It's just the same as, oh, I probably won't get that hot. It will get hot. It'll get very hot for a bit. So build it for that, not for like normal ranges. Build it for the extremes. And then we won't have any bloody problems. Ooh. Makes me mad. It doesn't make you mad. One of my friends put on Facebook yesterday something about, oh, I wish the scores didn't close. Why don't it did some like old man rant? Mm-hmm. So and all his friends are like, but you know, be like this and be like that, and I just put you sound well old. <laughs> just sounded like somebody's dad, which I suppose saying he I is. sound like someone's dad. Yeah, that's what reminded me. <laughs> it's like well, Michael ranting about transport. I have been having this rant from a young age. So there. <laughs> Get old before your time. <laughs> maybe. Um, maybe, but you know, we're going to have to be. Pre- preparing for this kind of things with climate change are coming well i mean if you, you're trying to tell me there's global warming vanka <laughs> minus 12 well <laughs> feels like minus 12 minus five degrees feels like minus 12 come on global that's... warming i just think i'm stupid going skiing next week Ooh. which I'm very excited about whereabouts I'm going to Mountain. Chatel in the Chatel Ma- Chatel in France Chatel. Chatel in the Alps in the Alps what they've got over there in Europe there's loads of Alps so. and lots of Alps there's loads of places near the Alps <laughs> and then so I'm the most hypocritical climate change activist in the whole world yes you're pretty bad yeah. I'm flying there <laughs> I'm going skiing what an arsehole is this is skiing is there something about skiing that's um uh dodgy climate wise? I'm sure there is. It's just like, it's like going flying. too fast down hills disrupts <laughs> birds. I don't know. Maybe but it's probably all the energy burned with supporting the ski, like you know, I don't know. <laughs> chair lifts and peace bashes <laughs> and uh I don't know. Uh and then Oh, there's one thing from last week that I I was I, I felt bad about for a good few days. Oh. You know how I knew you know, the resolution was to not be an arsehole? Yeah. Well, I felt that when I was discussing how lucky my husband was to have me, <laughs> that oh. I rather negated his, uh, his uh, ability to work hard and be good at things himself in his own right without me. But um, I don't think it came across like that. I just think it, it sounded like, you know, you were a, 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 a bonus. A bonus. <laughs> but not, certainly not, a, you know, doing it. <laughs> doing it all. So that was my only little thing from last week. Last week was a long time ago. It I can't really remember. was. You were in, was that, were you in Italy last week? No, it was the week oh. before. But um, yeah, Italy was food. And then the week after that, oh, we, we, yeah. we did, our, did our next one. But then, yeah, like they, they got a bit clustered because I have been, as I said, a sickly man. And it all came to a head this week. <laughs> Go on, then. I thought I was getting better. And then I kind of like, so I've been, I've been, uh, I've been experiencing all the NHS this week. Yeah. So on Wednesday, I was like still sick. And I was like, OK, this is this has got to change. So I kind of made a doctor's appointment, which obviously means in two weeks I'm going to see someone. Cool. Good start. So then I went to a walking centre, got some antibiotics. And then I was like, OK, well, that, that, that's taken care of. And then the next night, oh, I, there was some some pain was coming in, some pain. And um yeah, basically we we had to go to A and E, uh, and yes, I got to. Um, you get in there, and yeah. So I, I let's. Should I just? I'm just going to describe my experience of coming into A and E. So we get our Uber there, and we sort of go up, and I, I'm I'm sort of like, I've been like gripping this taxi thing, like just like just trying to breathe through the pain and just thinking back to our conversation about like it's when you don't know what the pain means it makes it so much worse and like I didn't know what this was and it was just like in my kind of abdomen and it was like it was on the wrong side for the appendix so I was like well okay I don't know what this is and it just but 
you know, you know, I've had my I had my sort of torsion when I was younger. And this was like, oh, this is on that level now. Um, yeah, let's get to the hospital. So, you, so the first person asks you what happened. And then you, they say, sit down. And then you sort of get called into another room. And they ask you again what happened. And you tell them all again. And then you go and sit down again. And then you get called into another room. And then they ask you again what, what's going on. And you tell them from the start again. And at which point you're kind of going, what... Do you have any way of sort of like sharing information between each other? Because, you know, I had to sort of say what the antibiotics were that I had and all this kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I got my second sort of um, judgmental, <laughs> judgmental NHS nurse experience. And, like, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, give everyone the benefit of the doubt as much as I can because I know everyone's underpaid and overworked and it's just awful and maybe, like your only sense of control is being a bit judgmental but like um you know the guy in the walk-in center like i had to do things like i i don't i don't engage with the healthcare system at all ever so he's like gives me this urine sample thing and i'm like he was like can you can i do this for me i was like what in here or it's like no it's going to the bathroom I'm like, okay <laughs> i don't know if i need to right now but oh, yeah it's actually fine turns out you can um but i kind of come back and he goes oh that's not good urine <laughs> <laughs> and he puts the little tester in and it comes up all the colors of the rainbow and i'm like all right and he was like do you drink enough water and he's like judging me on like i I'm like, do you drink this much? Oh, well, it seems like you're not drinking enough water, idiot. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on. But um, I, I think maybe I don't drink quite enough. I don't always drink when I'm thirsty. So, you know, that's that's the problem there, isn't it? But yeah, and then the next day, like, um, Sharon's given me some sort of special painkillers that she got from America. And the guy there you know I, I was like okay i've taken these and i've also took some of these and he's like oh where did you get that they're sort of like uh prescription only and and sharon's like oh i got bought them in america and get them over the counter in america and he goes oh well, you can buy guns in america <laughs> <laughs> and she's what, like what was this special stuff that you got oh, it, it didn't work whatever it was <laughs> um <clears throat> not special enough yeah so nothing was working and and so eventually so they did like hurry me along a bit because I was clearly in a lot of pain. But, you know, you sort of go, then it's like go downstairs to this other bit and kind of wait for a consultation with like a nurse again. And yeah, like the next guy, it's like I've got a oh God, I'm just remembering it all. The next guy, this guy like asks me all over again. I'm like, I mean, come on. All this time it's like, can someone give me a painkiller? Like all you've got to do to put me on the back burner is give me a painkiller of some sort because that's my primary thing and then I trust you to and you sort of start hearing people saying like oh I've been here since I've been here for five hours and you're like hours what um like you know you're sort of 20 40 minutes in you're going oh god this is this is the long haul so yeah just sort of sitting in with all the sort of you know sort of drug addicts and drunk people and it was sort of 10 30 at night and it was just very it was kind of grim but yeah, eventually, like, um, and I talked to my sister about it, who's sort of a nurse, like, on doing NHS stuff now. And she said, oh, well, yeah, the remit is that they have to give you painkiller within an hour. I'm like, an hour? Like, that's a long time <laughs> like, when you're in that much pain. Like, that's time for a painkiller to start wearing off. Like how, so you just realise that it's just on a different time scale. It's just, it doesn't match my normal reality, the time scales they're doing things on. Yeah, like, so I finally get this one painkiller, which like sort of like stops it and like kind of like contained it a little bit, but it still hurt. Um, so I'm not like kind of climbing up the walls anymore. But then like it kind of came back stronger than ever. Um, and I'm just like, I, you know, I'm like dry retching and just like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is... Anyway, eventually they gave me some, uh, like a little syringe of morphine to sort of squirt into my mouth. And then a few minutes after that, it was like, oh, 
finally and then i sort of got to have a little bit of loopy fun um sharon <laughs> filmed me when i was uh, i'm just like starting to laugh and then i'm sort of suddenly start crying and like i was just all over the place just with this and we were just you know we were just sort of sat there just like in for the long haul basically um and then this this nurse there was there was um there was some sort of testicular examination there was some looking at the balls, which I was like, yeah, the pain has to get to a certain level because I'm like, I don't want to go to any because someone's going to stick their finger up my bum and they're going to want to look at my genitals and it's going to be horrible. But, you know, I have to wait for it to get to a certain level of pain before I'm like, OK, I'm going to start letting people fucking just humiliatingly do whatever they want. But this first guy, this nurse in the A and E nurse, like he's like, oh, can I just have a look? Just check it's not like blue or anything. I'm like, I don't, I think it's fine. So I sort of like showed him my balls, and then he like seemed a bit annoyed, and he was like, um, oh, it, like a little bit later, he's like, oh, well, it's actually someone the person before should have probably looked at your balls, <laughs> and it was seemed a bit annoyed. I was like, well, how's that my? I, I was a bit like, oh, I've, and I've reported that that's the case. It's like, well, I mean, I couldn't care less that you've had to do an extra thing. Cause someone, But then, like, finally we see the real doctor who's like, it seems more, like, interested in nitpicking any minor mishearings that I've had along the way. Like, oh, I thought it was like a UTI, whatever. It's like, that well, would be a strange thing for a man to have. Like, I don't <laughs> fucking know. You're the doctor. Don't be a dick about everything. But then he's like, oh, and I'm going to have to examine your testicle. I'm going to examine you again. And we'll bring in the... And he was like... Well, I said, yeah, the other guy had a look. And he was like, really? Well, that's very unusual. That shouldn't have... I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, at least... <laughs> really? You let someone look at your balls? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, I'm doing what people tell me. I'm in pain. Well, I was hours ago. And now I'm just loopy on morphine. I don't know what's going on. I can't. No, I can't remember the name of the antibiotic that I've told five people already what it is. But it, like, it's with Sharon, and she's in the other room now. I, it's not in my pocket. And I, I, no, I can't remember the name of the walk-in centre I went to. Not that you would have the records from there, because you don't seem to even have the notes from the guy before you. You're asking me everything from scratch to remember it, and then you're being shocked that someone looked at my balls, but you want to do it now. But you've got to bring someone in. Like, I've, you've got to bring this guy in again so that you can do this. Like, can you expose yourself? And then it's like, oh, no, but cover yourself up. What, what the fuck do you want from me? Like, oh, we're just going to move this thing aside. Just, uh, we'll just look on that. Does that hurt? Does, no, it's fine. All this to just, in the end, eventually, finally, yeah, it's probably a kidney stone. So, yeah, I think, um, so I had to, so, and that, I don't know. Like, it's like, we're going we're gonna to make you an appointment for tomorrow afternoon, but come in in the morning for the scan um, because that's when they do the scans. And it was sort of like, Okay, so you're gonna make why are you why is it in the afternoon? And then he's like, What do you mean? And it's like, Well, you said that you were gonna make the appointment in the afternoon, but to come in, I don't remember saying that. And like, no, I was like, I'm pretty sure he said exactly. We both, because Sharon was asking him. I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we both heard you say exactly that. And then eventually, and it's like, Oh, I'm an immigrant. I don't understand. And maybe I, but I'm like, What? The, just. And then eventually it's like, oh, no, the system that texts you will say it's in the afternoon, but it's in the morning. Oh, OK. <laughs> what the fuck? And then, like, he does it and it texts me that I've got an 8.30 appointment in the morning. I'm like, OK. I'm really glad. And the whole time I'm like, I don't want to, like, waste any time here because you it's taken you hours to see me. And, like, let's just get through me because you've obviously got a huge backlog of people. But he keeps wanting to go, like, sidetracked and kind of, like, start, like, arguing over weird, like, nitpicky stuff. It's like, who gave you this antibiotic? I told you, the nurse in this thing. Oh, well, I mean, this isn't a very good choice of anti... Well, why are you, tell why are you judging me for this? Like, uh, anyway, all in all... Yeah, six hours in A and E, just sitting around watching sort of stretches being pulled. Put. Just I'm just like trying not to look at any of the 
stretches because by the time I'm on the morphine, it's just making me cry every time. And uh, yeah, then I had to sort of, we got like two hours sleep, had to come in the next day. And then it was kind of the whole thing again of... um, the scan was quite quick, actually, but then um, and there was actually a human being. You get this thing, like everyone there, it sort of seems like they're sort of running a simulation of an empathic person. You're not sort of speaking to the person; you're sort of talking to their simulator. And I'm sure it's just because they're completely overworked and they have to kind of put some distance between themselves and the thing. But you've got this sort of like weird, like a person doing a simulation of a person is always who you're talking to. Or just someone being horrible to you. That's the other one. Like, half the time it's just someone being horrible, just outright horrible to you. Or, like, super judgmental. And then the other half it's like, I'm empathetic, but I'm actually dead inside. The trouble is, like, they're on this, in their own reality of, like, time just stands still for hours on end and nothing happens. And you're just like, okay. But the trouble is, like, that's not compatible with the time scale on which painkillers wear off or with you know with like someone's got a babysitter or someone's got a job to get to or so, you know people and there's loads of people and like the stress is just like everyone's is sort of through the roof but like this thing's just running on this weird time scale and obviously the people are overworked but also there's no technology whatsoever like it's kind of incredible like and there's and also i think there's a little bit of um like doctors being like they I'm sort of comparing it to programmers a little bit because that's my understanding of a profession is like, oh, well, I wouldn't do it that way. So not really trusting someone else's way of doing something. Mm. So like just wanting to ask you all the questions again, which to some extent I get, okay, they want to get the information, but it's when they're not even got notes for what the medication that I've told them is. It's like, well, come on, you can do that much. Um, But anyway, so the next morning it was like, okay, it's going to be an hour maybe two for the results and so I sort of like at two hours someone comes out and tells me oh well actually we don't know how long it will be till the results come in now it's like okay well thanks for (laughs) I just want you to set my expectations to something real but yeah like two or three hours after that I finally you know I'm just hanging around this luckily I've got my laptop so I can work um eventually I kind of like get you know the sort of sit in the room and finally you have this like relaxed 10-15 minutes with a doctor who has got your results and can talk to you and answer questions and things but yeah basically he told me I'd had the worst possible pain uh worse than childbirth as it seems to be the reference point um I'll tell you it was worse than testicular torsion (laughs) are you doing that's that's, what's what is this thing what what thing well, a man couldn't possibly understand <laughs> the worst pain, the pain of childbirth. Thank <laughs> women like... get kidney stones, right, so right. women I've can compare kidney stones to childbirth. I find, I find my back pain worse than having have, having had a child. I actually so... think childbirth probably doesn't hurt that much uh, yeah, from the sound of it. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't resist to men sitting I'm... in a room using childbirth as a as a reference point for pain. I think it's quite an obvious what... little thing to go, him. <laughs> well, <laughs> why didn't, it wasn't me. I didn't say it. <laughs> you repeated it. Um, I, I, like, I understand I, that scientific... having a kidney stone hurts. Get okay, on with but, your story. But you can, get, you can say this because if a woman can have a kidney stone and a child, they can compare the two. So yes. it doesn't seem that much of a stretch. It's not like, oh, yeah, you look like you're probably in less pain than when I had a kidney stone. It's like it wasn't like mansplaining. It was just saying a thing. But I'm going to stop saying it because this happened earlier as well. It's like, worse than child. What would you know, idiot? No. <laughs> I'm taking the word what? of some women. <laughs> That's all I'm doing what, here. What happened earlier? Did you tell somebody else the, gym, the same You know, I said at the gym. I went to the gym earlier for better or worse. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I sort of had to, yeah, mention the thing and yeah, said the thing, but yeah, anyway, it's the worst pain. And also apparently I had the worst possible experience of the NHS as well. So cool. Um, in terms of waiting and uncertainty. Um, so uh, yeah, I had a fun, fun time. Um, also I dropped my phone and it's all cracked.
How long will this kidney stone hang about? So it kind of got through the, the first bit. And I think during the morphine, it must have kind of gone through the, gone into the bladder, basically. But it's in there and I can feel it this morning. It sort of wants to start coming out. And, and I'm like, I haven't taken any like serious painkillers because I wanted to do the podcast first because they do seem pretty like uh, kind of spacey painkillers. Um, but yeah, I've got that to look forward to. Yeah, they did a whole CT scan and there's another one in there that's bigger. So there's a f- sort of four millimeter one that that's coming through now. And I've got like a five to six millimeter one in there, but someone's going to call. Apparently, they're going to try and deal with it. So, so there's uh, what? So there's another five or six millimeter kidney stone that's not gone still. through the painful bit yet. Yeah. Oh, that's something to look forward to. Yay! <laughs> Have they given you drugs for that? They've given me some pain drugs. Yeah. I don't know how soon it's going to start. That second one's. I think it sounds like it was a way off, but who knows with these people? They don't understand time. <laughs> Did it, did it, um, so what's the treatment? You just wait. They can't blast it with lasers and smash it up or anything. I don't know if there's any of that stuff. I think you just take in, take strong painkillers. But no, I think, because I think if it gets to a certain size, it can do a bit of damage. I don't know. I've got a specialist. There weren't really any specialists in this hospital. Apparently, Hammersmith is the one. With the specialists, so um, oh, I'm going to hear from you someone. You should have googled which A&E to go to before you went. I didn't know it was a kidney stone, <laughs> so shut up. It is, uh, yes. Look, I don't I really had... know how to uh, comment on this experience of yours. Well, you could just like judge me for quoting that it's worse than childbirth. Just, just and to point out, leave it at that. that. Perhaps I'd like to point out that yeah. I went through childbirth with no pain relief. Just yeah. Saying. What do you want? A fucking medal. <laughs> <laughs> but I have had some amazing drugs for back pain. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I got this pile of fucking prescriptions and boxes of things and antibiotics and painkillers and it's just experimental. Probably don't work. <laughs> a urinary relaxant thing probably doesn't do anything. Um, yeah. I, I feel like an old man. It's like they knew I was coming up to 40. The universe was just like, right, Michael, who's always been healthy, time for... Because I read about this a few weeks ago. I was reading like something about... like said like rapid weight loss can sort of lead to kidney stones. And I was reading about that and going, oh, don't ever let me have that. <laughs> and I already had it. Did you not express yourself clearly enough, Michael? I clearly <laughs> did not pray to the correct deity. Um, yeah, yeah it's just, I'm sick of getting stuff that I couldn't have... I mean, I could have drunk more water. But, but the, the, everyone, there's also, yeah. like, there's a lot of, like, people say... There's, there's, there's also people saying, don't drink, like... Like, this whole thing about drinking gallons of water all day is a little bit over... Not quite right. Like people kind of injure themselves from overhydrating yes, as well. You, you said earlier, I don't always drink when I'm yeah, thirsty. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I said that. And but you know, no. Well, I, sometimes I don't. If like, you're thirsty, always... having a drink is a good idea. Water. I don't like drinking it. Sometimes it's like I've got some now. He's made me scared of coffee now. So apparently, coffee can cause problems with it. So now I'm like scared of coffee and just like okay let's just drink all the water and just fucking. But I I uh, I'm I think I have told you, my father used to get kidney stones. He had them at least twice that I remember and ended up in hospital, um, mm. because, so I I do recall an enormous amount of pain. So I'm not bit whilst I'm laughing. It's the way you tell it. It's making me laugh. I'm trying to make it funny because otherwise it's just someone in pain. <laughs> but that it is horrible. That pain to the point where you feel like you're going to be sick is just I unbelievable. Just, I've never had that. Like, actually, oh. like, have it. Oh, my God. You know what? Yeah. That under There was only one toilet um, in the sort of on the ward, but I didn't have to, like, wait once, um, which is... A hell of a lot better than the office that I'm in at the moment, where sixty percent of the time that you need to go for a wee, you can't because there's a queue at the toilets. There's this bloody building. They haven't got enough toilets. 
And it's just not a good office environment. Speaking of Feng Shui the other day, like this place, it's, I think it's a bit toxic, this work environment. It's just like by the afternoon, it's just too hot and you can't go to the toilet when you want. And it's like, come on. Yeah, that's pretty basic. And also this particular one, there's like, they only get a cleaner once a week. So the kitchen area is always gross. And everyone's always making toast and like coffee. And it's like there's no clean surface. And then you've got to go out to the other bit to kind of find the sink. But yeah, so I was quite surprised that the NHS ward had slightly more reliable and clean toilets than the office. That I've been, I suppose they have to kind of keep it. It had run out of toilet paper a couple of times, but it seemed to get restocked. I really was in there for a long time. So we really got to see the sort of cycle that of everything. I, don't, I can't recall, thank goodness touching wood and anything I can get hold of um the last time I was in A&E I have been once I had some weird like I was sitting on the sofa watching telly and kept having these like weird palpitation-y gurgly things in the heart mm. area and I, was, like, mm. I ignored it and ignored it and ignored it I thought if I die my family is gonna be really upset <laughs> so I best mm. phone so I phoned that one 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 whatever yeah. it is like uh, asked me a few questions. I said, we should go to A and and I think it might be because I'd mentioned something to do with my heart. Yeah, they saw me incredibly quickly. Yeah, well, um, I think they saw like probably. I do you know that the stupid thing is this this everyone like takes your they take like your blood pressure yeah. and like your heart rate thing and your temperature, and after a certain point, you're like you're just it's like the most junior person there, and you're like, are you just is this just and they sort of seem to do it just as you're going like is anything real is anything happening is what is going on they sort of wheel around this little trolley with the blood yeah, yeah. take your blood pressure really okay <laughs> like they they take it and also like this whole time like they took some blood at the start so i've got this like thing in my arm and i kind of pulled my sleeve over it and blah blah, blah. but like this whole fucking time like i can i can't like move my arm beyond a certain range without it hurting because there's like this thing in it and then I think because of the morphine like because I wasn't really feeling anything like when it when it sort of started wearing off I'm like Jesus this thing is just here and then of course yeah by the end it's just like yeah we'll just take that out now I'm like well thanks for leaving that in for hours and hours and hours I suppose it's got to be on the subject of preparing you know when we're talking about trains earlier you know build it for the extremes I suppose at the point at which you arrive, they don't really know what's going to be wrong with you, do they? So no. leaving a, one of those things in your arm so they can take more blood or... It's fine. It's, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I don't but understand. It was just like... you know, I, I don't know enough, obviously. I don't know anywhere near enough about medicine to help. I want to justify well, so I asked... everything. <laughs> no, no. I, well, I asked my sister about it. I asked yeah. my sister about it. No, well, not the, not the arm thing, but I mean, that kind of makes sense. They don't want to have to keep finding a new hole. Yeah. But... Um, a new vein but I asked her about the uh, blood pressure thing I was like is that just bullshit is that, that just like something that <laughs> they get to to do? but then she got she goes oh it's actually really useful like we can sort of monitor heart rates and then they bump you up if you're kind of going off the I was like that was almost makes me more angry that you're using it to prioritize me like oh like who's about to absolutely lose it okay we'll treat them like, what sort of system, like, how broken does something have to be that, like, they haven't got any bandwidth? They have to literally, like, prioritise you by, are you about to die before they'll eat, they, they even do anything? Like, and I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm trying to imagine, like, a not utopian, but maybe functional NHS that has enough people and has, you know, some technology, you know, that actually can communicate what... basic information between individuals using it. But like it's like literally like they're just trying not to let people die is a yeah, but bit that's, too low of a bar. But, for, for but my that is liking. the reality of well, that's the same. That's true of social care and the NHS at the moment. It is about yeah. it has been so driven down that uh, the bar is keeping people alive, not or, or preventing them from dying rather than, yeah. and that's just. I mean, um, I mean, in an accident and emergency situation, being close to death seems like a pretty obvious way of prioritising people. Closeness to death. 
You know, it's like you can't, they cannot the possibly. The people close to death are still waiting hours. <laughs> I don't, that, are you sure? I don't, I don't believe know. that's true. I think like, you know, what I was saying about going in with some weird, apparently there's a thing where one of your heart valves can release the blood a bit too early for the second one to pick it up. So you get this yeah. like weird gurgly thing. Um, and that was what was happening to me. Um, and it, it was, uh, um, but it passed. It wasn't a thing. But, you know, when I'd gone in presenting with something that was felt weird in terms of not being able to quite catch my breath, they was they saw me instantly. Um, but Well, this was what, this was my, so my expectations had been confused the day before because actually when I went to the walk-in centre, I didn't even have to wait. I didn't even have time to get my laptop out. I was like, okay, I guess it can happen. But it's just like so distorted now. And like I'm, I'm saying I want to make an appointment. I've got to wait two weeks to see a doctor, my doctor. Like, I don't know, I've met him a couple of times. I'm just like trying to hopefully find some consistency. Like of you kind of want one person that knows you a bit yeah. that can actually start to use their intelligence on it rather than just a, a sequence of random people that you try and tell the same information to. That you, I don't bloody understand. I don't know the words. I don't know the thing. I no, just no, it it's, it's terrifying. And... I mean, you don't, you don't know. And then, like that whole thing about them handing you a sample bottle and telling you to fill it. It's like, you know, you do the first time anything like that you experience it, and you, it just makes you feel stupid on top of feeling ill. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's like I don't understand what you want me to do. But I, but that thing about there being no time for personal. Like my GP's practice has a this concept I think of shared something it's got some special name where whichever GP you go and see it's supposed to not matter so Mm. because they have a shared practice or something but you know and that 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 it does mean then that nobody's striking up particularly a relationship with you which Mm. I like you I'm not a frequent thank you know touch wood i'm Doctor not a frequent visitor, visitor. Can change overnight <laughs> yeah I know. You. but you know the whole having a child thing what was um uh on the subject of people not knowing you so you see a midwife all the way through for regular check in brighton it's midwife-led care so mm. you see a midwife on a regular basis that person has a sense of you and who you are and because you're seeing her consistently throughout and then you go into hospital and because I was 40, I get class. I think you get classed as a geriatric mother or something, which is always a nice label to have applied to you. But you go, I went in and I had preeclampsia. Preeclampsia is one of those things that if left unchecked uh, could result in the death of mother and child. I Ouch. luckily got it very close to the end and my midwife, because she did know me and had my chart, she sent me in before it was, she suspected it and sent me in and it got confirmed. Um, but then they were making, the midwives that were on duty were making ju- generic judgments on my behaviour. Mm. So I was going, I think this baby's really close. And they were like, no, you're an older mother, first time mother. No, you've got ages. And I was like, no, I think this child is coming. They're like, no, 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 you've got ages. And then they said to Nick, is she still talking? And he said, yes. They're like, well, she's got ages. And I was like, do you know me? You know, I, I was, I think I made a joke like moments before the child came out, you know. So making their assessment based on a generic 40 year old mother instead of yeah. me was in our case I almost had her in a bathroom in the hospital uh, because they deprioritized me on the ground you know so but I didn't and it was all okay but only because in the end I was like I got a bit getting in (laughs) and there is there is a lot of that like yeah you can either your heart can be going or you can just start really threatening people and like that seemed to be another way to get some like i i actually did like i thought like this guy's gonna just forget about me unless i actually like we were sat in like the back waiting room and i was like i actually want to try and get out into the hall seats so that he he has to walk past me every so often yeah like and can go oh do you need something do you need oh have you got that you i was holding this fucking urine sample in the hospital for an hour and a half i swear it'd gone cold (laughs) by the time i handed it over (laughs) oh dear well um but i was going to say because i'd seen um stephen fry's video about his um sort of like close call with cancer recently and him talking about 
you know, his doctor had like, he'd ran some tests and his doctor was like, oh, I'm not sure I like the look of this. And, and then that led to, you know, having another test and then finding out that there's this thing and then leading, leading to treatment. Um, and, you know, Stephen, you know, at the end he says, yes, it, it was a private, you know, it was a private doctor, but he does lots of stuff on the NHS. And I was thinking, and I was thinking, but I kind of want, I want a doctor that's my doctor kind of thing. I th I'm, yeah, I'm reaching an age where I kind of feel like I want a doctor that's my doctor that can kind of start to get to know me and kind of say, oh, you, you know, just knows what what I'm like. But I, I, I'm really, especially with, you know, talking to you and doing this podcast, like, I can't give up on the NHS. We need to make this NHS work. <laughs> yeah. But it's become distorted to just, it's like, it's this, the architect, architecturally, it's just... As a system, it's become so convoluted and distorted from what it should be, really. Like from like a good health, you know, I don't know, Norway or wherever where they have it and it's all good. Like because the normal channels don't work anymore. Just making an appointment to see a doctor doesn't work because you have to wait so long. They then have to bring in all these extra layers of like, it's like hacks on hacks on hacks on hacks now. Yeah. And it just means it's just so kind of convoluted and broken that I, how do you so I, i'm starting this is um you know it's awakened a, a passion in me that was wasn't there really before and especially talking about like you know you've got to plan for the, you know you've got to behave as though things are going to go badly rather than as though everything's always going to be okay yeah um i want to i don't know i don't know if there's anything any of us can really do but I, I, this is now a very important issue because also like A&E there is no private like what's there isn't an alternative no. to that and no, no, no. if that's completely fucking like if that barely functions you just well there's there are these tricky things of you know too many people going to A&E with things that their GP should be able to sort out but that's because they can't get an appointment to the GP so then they try and do walking centre blah blah and it's just like this knock on knock on so the, yeah the, uh, I think if I hadn't put off going to a doctor for so long because I knew it would be such a ball ache and I'm busy like I've got stuff to do it's like well if it can sort itself out but you know it just means that everything gets made worse because of that initial you know so you've got to wait for it to become an emergency before anything anyone will even sort of look at it okay cool you're in the worst pain you've ever been in also apparently that it's possible to be in um for a few hours okay cool well we might be able to see you at some point but okay. we don't know when we're going to keep telling you it's going to be in a few minutes and then it's going to be a few hours I don't, I don't, I'm just glad I don't have to go to the doctors all the time. I just, I'm just glad I don't well, have so any of these kind of, uh, but I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know whether, no, I remember well, reading a consultation that they'd done on the NHS. There's something, and I remember sitting on the train reading it and I, can't, I cannot remember the context, but I just thought the whole, um, it was all the onus of responsibility was all on improving efficient i just thought it i i remember replying with what about flipping the you know this doesn't feel creative enough the solutions you're looking at mm. they're all about you know what about de um helping people understand what needs a gps i know they're doing this but i don't know if they're doing it well enough like you could create instead of having all these league tables of who's got the shittest hospital have the league table of who's got the best informed citizens who are best at make oh you know do you know what i mean i'm not you know well, it's, it was very clear like that 90 percent of the people in a and e had just done it to themselves like it was just a lot of like yeah. drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and um, but actually like and like this sort of a lot of lonely old people on their own. Yeah, I mean these are all like, societal problems. They're like you can't not treat people just because it's self-inflicted. Because where do you yeah, draw no, the obviously. line? You know, like so you've got to. But it's sort of, but these kind of they're things that shouldn't be need to be addressed. So if you've got social care being underfunded, a lot of those lonely old people might be getting a bit more time and attention 
if social care had room for quality of life versus keeping people alive. Yeah. And then it, so it's all knock on effect, all of it. And it's but just, that's also probably why everyone's so judgmental in there as well, because they're <laughs> used to just seeing people that are like, well, why would you do that? <laughs> You know, and they and haven't like, got okay. Time. I don't drink quite enough water, chill out. Like, go, fuck's sake. Like, I'm not, I don't drink, I don't, I look after myself. Yeah, but there's you a... can tell that. Look, look, zero on the alcohol units. How often do you see that? <laughs> Twat. <laughs> I remember talking to someone we used to work with, his sister was studying some, in America, was studying something like, uh, oh, I don't know, healthcare policy. And I met, I, I met up with her for coffee when we were for, hung out with her in Buenos Aires when we were there, when I was in Buenos Aires. Um, and uh, I was, I always sort of caveat conversations about the NHS with a kind of like, well, you know, I'm sure it could be more efficient. Anything at that level could be. And she was like, no, 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 hang on a minute. This is what I study at university. The NHS is actually one of the most efficient because it's really hard to be sort of... I mean, OK, this was a few years ago and I'm sure things have deteriorated since, but it's like this whole... Given what they're trying to do, which is to provide free healthcare for the whole country, given the yeah. side of it, size of it, given everything, you know, that there is a limit to how efficient it can become because you don't know who's going to walk into it a and e of an evening uh, mm. and you can't have the uh, a specialist in everything in every um hospital you know so mm. i you know i think it, it it's still it's it it must be a very difficult thing to to predict to resource for all those kind of things because you've got humans at the other end those yeah. humans. We need uh, we need some sort of like omniscient AI that can like look after most people. I'm not <laughs> sure that'll help the loneliness. Well, if the AI sort of like passes the Turing test and is nice to you, well, cuddles, you know, might just need someone yeah, to give you a cuddle. Isn't, isn't, so then you just um, have people to come in and do the cuddling. I don't know. <laughs> That's a, an unusual case of where like some low skilled work would actually not be automatable yeah, so in the future everyone will be professional huggers professional carers They'll just come just in and give you a hug how are you today are you okay um i told you that time when i um you know when i first programmed my app to ask me how i was and even though i myself had just programmed it to ask me how are you when it popped up in my instant messenger and went how are you it was like oh someone cares about me <laughs> Like, it literally triggered that emotion. So we're not, you know, yeah, we're yeah. not that clever, you know. <laughs> so maybe we can automate it. A little thing every day that pops up. How are you today? Okay. Yeah. It's just despair, going to addiction, going to just needing health care. Just, yeah, like, so many, a lot of these things need to be addressed at, yeah, I think the fact, initially I was like, oh, social care. But, yeah, like, just... Uh, there's societal problems that end up manifesting in broken people in A and E. Yeah, it's just, um, it's not, it's not. Uh, you know that that uh, I know the donut economics doesn't apply directly to this, but that sort of idea that you know if any one of those things goes off kilter, you can't. It's like Lydia talks about um, in the context of children's social care. So it's like you know we all find stories like the baby pee story enormous tragedy but for every one of those there are thousands of baby peas that survive you know it's like there are they're there they, they but they're no they're in no lesser you know Could just just give us just remind me this what the I, baby I don't thing was. baby pee was uh, one of those children that slipped through the social care net and was ultimately killed by his parent carers types mm. And it was one of those stories where is the the social care sort of or various departments sort of knew, but nobody mm. were, you know no action wasn't taken for whatever reasons I don't know I have not internalised the details of that uh, case, mm. but this idea that you know he thank God is on the extreme 
but all these kids that are just surviving really difficult lives they still get through but they're not you know they've they've not been killed but they're not set up for life you know it's like mm. the bar is a bit too you know like you said earlier just keeping people alive is a bar set too low yeah it's very low very and low i think we should be able to do better at this point given that what the power we have, the communication, the technology, the, yeah. I don't know, just the, the kind of empathy that we sh- are, just even the fact that we are capable of empathizing with more people. Maybe things are, maybe this is one of those um, human progress things where it actually seems to be getting worse than it really is, but I don't know, I maybe don't know. not. <laughs> So, um, what are we talking about this week, Ivanka? <laughs> we are talking about feminism this week. Okay, so, um, all right, well, it's a complex topic, a lot of opinions, a lot of uh, prejudice, a lot of nonsense. Um, would you say that women are people? Yes. Thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, you can find us at grandpodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at podcastgrand. And you can email us hello at grandpodcast.com. You can find me, Ivanka Magic. I'm at Ivanka on Twitter or Ivanka.blog on the internet. <laughs> and also, finally, you can find me at michaelforestmusic.com mainly. And it's all kind of coming through there. If you have listened to the podcast and you have enjoyed it, please do review us on iTunes. Give us five stars so that iTunes promotes us to other people because we want to be famous. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.